1: It was the same old lines and same old lies at Donald Trump's first rally of 2022. Spoiler, he's still doing the sad Elvis bit, ranting and raving about the last election. Sean Rima, 9 till 11, News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071.
2: Yeah, Jim Acosta, you're still whining about Trump, too. You love Trump. Trump gave you a career, you talking diaper. Oh. Uh, News Talk 550 KTSA FM One I'm Sean. Hi. How are you? Happy uh, Stinking Monday. The phone lines are open, 210-599-5555, 210-599-5555. It is uh, uh, Martin Luther King Day in America. And uh, yeah, for, right off the bat, I, I, I happen to agree with my brother Trey that uh, Martin Luther King and his message of equality has really become uh, a a pesky annoyance in the face of this new idea of civil rights which involves critical race theory which means every person of color meaning blacks and hispanic types blacks and hispanic types are born victims especially blacks they, they're born victims because of slavery and all that stuff and us honky cracker types are inherently racist because we're white, which is about as far from you can get uh, from a message of equality. Uh, that the message of equality that Martin Luther King was all about. Because Martin Luther King, and I don't care what color your skin is, you can read the man's words was about a sense of equality. And let's get over this crap. Let's get beyond this. Let's go post-racial uh, in America. And you can't have that message lingering around when you, you've swapped out the word equality for freaking equity. Which is more about attempting to assure certain outcomes for people based upon what their skin color deserves. And so I do think the idiots running the city at this particular moment uh, are, are a little a little uneasy celebrating the message of Martin Luther King. Is Is it not true that we have or classically have had one of the largest Martin Luther King marches on this day in the country, and it goes away because of a very highly weakened version of COVID. When, frankly, when COVID was rocking and rolling, uh, they didn't seem to have a problem with being in the streets. Uh, Trey pointed out they don't seem to have a problem packing people into the uh, uh, stadium there to see the Spurs play. Uh, call me a conspiracy nut job, but I do think that the Martin Luther King message is, uh, is, uh, is not supporting the agenda there of critical race theory. And so it's got to be downplayed. Did you ever think you'd be living in a country, in America, did you ever think you'd be living at a moment in America where uh, Martin Luther King was annoying to the left? Strange freaking days. But I want to ask a question, because uh, we, we toss around uh, this word racism uh, all the time. Uh, th- this is a word you hear almost on a daily basis in American rhetoric and debate and discussion, right? In fact, racism is linked to just about everything from climate change to uh, uh, you know classical music is now racist, Math is freaking racist. And so I'd like to ask a very simple question and have you all respond, and I'll I'll give my thoughts as well. But since it's such a governing factor in our life right now, can anybody tell me what racism is? What is racism? How do you define it? Because if you can't define racism, you're really kind of talking out of your butt when you think you see it. And the reason I ask this question is I believe the the actual meaning of the word has been diluted given how often it's used and in how many situations which may or may not, and actually these days, tend to not be actually racist. It's like anything else. If you can't define it, you can't recognize it. And I know to some folks... Uh, especially you pukes on the left, that probably seems like a jive question, right? Well, of course he doesn't know what racism is because he's racist. He's racist. He's white guy is
3: racist. He's trying to change the
2: conversation away, away from how guilty racist white people are. Everybody knows what racism is. All right. If everybody knows what racism is, then what is it? If everybody knows what racism is and you can see it when it rears its ugly head, then certainly you you have a definition for it, right? You know what you're looking for, right? Right? Because I don't think a lot of people do. I don't think I think racism is in a sense a word like God, where people sling it around a lot and they really haven't the faintest idea what it actually means or how they what what they think it means. And so I'm going to ask you, and that's all of you, you know. and I'll give my thoughts here in a moment, uh, but how do you define racism? What is racism? Because the definition of racism can't be, oh, come on, dot, 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 as if we all have some agreed-upon notion as to what it is. You sort of do have to have an active, definite, working definition of, of what the phenomenon of racism is. Yes, 210-599-5555, 210 Here's what I think racism is. I think racism is taking a prejudgment, a prejudice. Uh, and this is where I, I, we get into the territory where words start losing their meaning and they start getting mixed and matched and, 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 and mixing into each other. Prejudice is not racism. You and I make prejudgments every single day of our lives as a matter of a fact of being human beings. You and I make prejudgments on situations and people every single stinking day of our lives. To a certain extent, it's almost an inherent uh, uh, self-protective device in, in who we are, in that we appraise situations and people as we're going through life. Why? Because in our primal selves, we need to sort of know how to recognize danger, right, in bad situations. But you can't tell me that when you're walking through the H-E-B and somebody walks by you that you don't make a very brief prejudgment of that person, uh, because I do. I I do it every day. You see somebody, you make an assertion in in seconds that may or may not be true, and nine times out of ten it's not. Oh, look at that guy. <laughs> oh, what's she all about? Uh, is this situation going to get dangerous? You know, I mean, we, we do it all the time. All the time. As a matter of course of being human beings. Racism is when you take a prejudgment, a momentary prejudgment about a human being. And in the case of racism, because, let's be honest, of their skin color. Uh, which is a flawed prejudgment to begin with, but you take that prejudgment and you nurture it and you feed it and you evolve it into a worldview, and then you get active on it. I believe you nurture a prejudice and and take away the word racism and and you could formulate uh, any bit of, uh, uh, and I hate the word phobia because phobia connotes that we're just afraid of each other because we don't understand each other, and that's a bunch of crap. Okay, When you actively dislike a kind of person, whether it's because of skin color or they're of a a different religion than you or even a different political uh, perspective as you or you think they're fat or you think they're skinny or you don't like their hair or you don't like their accent or what have you, you are taking a prejudgment and nurturing it and feeding it into a worldview, and at some point you will get active. I think both are necessary for racism. For racism to exist, you have to be not only encouraging it into a general idea of some community of people, but you also at some point have to get active. And by active I mean sharing your opinions about that, Maybe you go so far as to join some kind of organization where collectively you all work from the same uh, idea about a community of people. But as I believe most opinions and thoughts require action to honestly be real other than just a fleeting thought in your noggin or even a nurtured thought in your, in your noggin, you have to get active. In other words, my definition of racism does not take into consideration in any way, shape, or form what a person's skin color is. In other words, I can't be a racist simply because I have white skin or pale skin or a lighter skin pigment than other people. Okay. It has to be a thought that you nurture and feed. It has to be a thought that, that, and this is something else I would would, would add to my definition of racism, It has to be a thought in which at some point you allow no additional information in. In other words, that original prejudgment that you make of a person or a community of people, you keep and nurture that thought and you discount all contrary information. Because anybody who would be a racist who is making it because it's an intellectual choice. I believe it's an intellectual choice to be a racist. It doesn't mean that you may not have grown up in an environment that nurtured racism. Your parents are racist or what have you. But at some point, you are making an intellectual choice to think a certain way towards a bunch of people. And... If you were truly being intellectually honest, anybody and everybody should realize very, very quickly that skin color, to determine anything about a person based upon their skin color, is utterly stupid and inane, and it doesn't have any basic in logic whatsoever. As I say all the time, okay, making a judgment on somebody else based upon their skin color is like making a judgment or an estimation on somebody's personality because of their freaking elbows but racism also requires okay a lack of intellectualism you cannot take any additional information your original thought about a group of people is precisely how you think about them and you don't take any counterarguments that's what i think racism is and you got to get active what do you think to what is racism 2105995555 2105995555 we'll take some calls <laughs>
1: San Antonio's news, traffic, and weather station. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM
2: 1071. And we're back. News Talk 550 KTSA. Martin Luther King Day, so I asked you, what is racism? How do you define racism? Let's go to Ed. Ed, you're on News Talk 550 KTSA. What are you thinking?
4: Hey, Sean. uh, Hey. Racism or prejudice is basing judgment on a group instead of the individual.
2: I like that. You know, that's that's because you, you take a a thought about a person and you expand it to represent that entire community. In other words, do you think people have bad experiences with an individual and then they extend that to the whole community that person's from?
4: Well, yeah, basically, and it works. I mean, that's why... The founders place such emphasis on individual rights. Whenever you think of a group, a group is always made up of individuals that are different, period. Right, right. Uh,
2: what do you think about my definition, though, that, that uh, it's also because we, we, we do make prejudgments of each other, of people and situations every day, just as well, a matter sure, of course. sure, that's just human
4: nature, you know. I mean, right. You can, you can take that into even religious connotations. Oh, sure. Right. Uh, uh, you know, uh, but it's our, you know, yeah, I put myself in check in a lot of different ways. When I, during my thinking, is if, you know, I just keep a watch out. And if I think I'm rushing to conclusions, right. I take a second thought and say, wait a minute, I need to think that out. No matter what yeah, it is, whatever kind I of agree. problem I'm trying to solve. I uh, agree.
2: I appreciate the call Ed. You know, I'm in my personal life now I'm kind of uh, going through, you know, a, a a a thing where I'm trying to focus on the idea that your thoughts are are really not that important in, in a sense. What you do is important. Your actions are important. Because it's your actions that really kind of determine who you really are we all got screwy thoughts about ourselves and who we think we are in the world and and uh and uh and what our intentions are you know i'm a good person uh, and i want to be a good person or i'm this or i'm that but your your thoughts are really kind of meaningless without action so if you say you're a good person you know or you believe yourself to be a good person. It really matters that you act like a good person and you do good things because that's really who we are. We are, I had a buddy of mine tell me this yesterday, we are, are our actions. That's who we are. Our actions and our choices, is that's truly what defines us. And I, especially since I got out of the hospital and, you know, and I had a, a couple of really, I mean, this this t- last time I'll really, and I'm not, not going to keep talking about the hospital thing forever and ever, but I really did have some genuine Kenobi moments and Satori uh, in the in the hospital that were very, very humbling experiences. And I'm not even saying that I was a jerk before, but since I've gotten out of the hospital, I've really tried to focus on just being nice, just being... <laughs> Like really, really nice to people and, and, and trying to be positive about stuff when I'm around other people and when I'm going through my life. And, you know, I, I, I don't, I know people, you know, when you say this, they go crazy. They go, I, I don't, I'm really not a, I don't even say anymore I'm not a racist. I, I say, well, if I'm inherently a racist, I really suck at it. Because when I'm out and about in the world, I'm really just trying to treat everybody the same. I'm, that You know, that, it, it, beyond what I think about racism and how I view other people, I'm just trying to afford every single human being I interact with with the same measure of, frankly, niceness and humor. And, what I, and I'll take a break. What I'm finding is that when you do that, and I'm sure a lot of you have already, have already discovered this, that you, you really get a, a much more honest and realistic sense of people. You, you don't really get that sense of people when you treat them like crap or discount them, but when you offer, uh, you know, a smile and maybe a joke, a bit of politeness to other people, how they respond to that tells you a lot about who they are. And that's where a lot of this Jesus stuff comes in for me, because I really think Jesus was a pragmatist in that if we lived according to way according to the way He prescribed in the in the, in the Sermon on the Mount, and in the Gospels you know, pragmatically, we would all get along a lot better. So, there. 210 uh, 599 And if that's who you're going to be, there's really no place for racism or any kind of hatred towards another person or what have you. And we're back. Talk 550 KTSA FM 1071. MLK Day. Let's talk to Will on line one. Will, how you doing? Great, Sean. How are you doing? Another day in paradise, brother. Another day on the right side of the grass. (laughs) Beautiful today. Well,
5: I'm just so glad that you're talking about this, because I've thought for years, how come nobody ever talks about what's racism? Because there's like eight, it seems like there's 18. Everybody, this racist, that's racist. Dude, it seems like there's 18 trillion you know definitions for racism and if we can't agree on what racism is where are we gonna improve anything you know well, yeah it's I mean, kind of
2: my point you know i mean it because right now it's attached to everything right it's climate change is racist freaking math is racist well if, if you don't have a working definition of racism you're just talking out of your butt exactly and so a long time ago i
5: i thought about it a lot and i said you know what to me what racism is is if you say you can have something, do something, be something or say something because of your race, but another person can't because of their race, that's
2: racist. Right. In other words, so like, uh, you, you're, you're, you're oh, I'm sorry, I cut you off. Go ahead.
5: Oh, no. So, so like, let's just say you can get an ID because you're white, but you think someone else can't get an ID because they're not white.
2: That's racist. Right. It's, an, it's a highly racist <laughs> thought. yeah, right because again, it's it's, it's saying that, that that somehow the pigment of your skin determines something about who you are and also who other people are who are the same skin pigment. And that that's see my whole thing that I always come back to is in general, I think racism is stupid. It's a stupid idea that there's no logic to it whatsoever. Uh, but you're right in that we we sling it around so much mm-hmm. that you know how do you how do you know what it actually is? And, and I don't think people, and I, I think in general people don't really consider their own opinions much these days. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? They just take on an opinion without really considering what it is that they actually believe. What they actually uh, are saying. What do you What do you really say? It's just I wish
5: people like when people say racist. I just think that it would become a habit of people in the media and stuff, Well, how do you define racism? Every time right. they say racist, how do you define racism? I just think right. if that question was asked more like exactly what you're doing, it would be great throughout the media. That because yeah. people just throw it around all the time. And I think it would help us all if everybody if we start tying it down a little bit, you know, right. because Oh, I agree, but that's over. not gonna
2: happen. It's not gonna happen because <laughs> racism now especially from the media standpoint from the political standpoint it's just a weapon it's 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 not reality it's something you try to attach to people you don't like or who you think are political opponents or you know you want to take down or whatever because racism is one of those words that everybody's afraid of getting you know hitched to nobody wants yeah. to be called a racist so there's an inherent fear uh they, they call like let talk about phobia a lot well, when it comes to people not liking each other, I really think there's very little phobia involved. But people certainly have a phobia about being having the word yeah. racism attached to them, and it works yeah, politically I, for a lot of people. I agree. It, it
5: could be a verb or an ad- adjective or a right. noun. You got it, right. like you say, you're just using it as a weapon. You know, that's right. That's, that's horrible. It's just and it sucks. It drives me crazy. <laughs> but thank All you right. for having this conversation. Yeah. I think. It's
2: Oh, thank you, man. I appreciate the call. two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five you know and, and and how you treat people, because yeah, this is what, I think one of the most more insidious aspects of, of of critical race theory and sort of this new fluid definition of racism is that how you treat people doesn't enter into it. How you and this is kind of going back to what I was saying before, how you treat people, has no place in fact if you're treating black people nice it's because you're trying to cover up your racism is how the 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 new racist uh, definition or how they handle like you know white people who really don't live their lives that way cuz i don't live that way i just don't and i'm not tooting my own horn i'm not trying to be sanctimonious it's just not how i live it's not how my parents lived it's not how my brothers lived it's not how i live uh and it's not simply because i grew up in a household where we treated everybody the same it's also uh, it was a conscious decision on my part when i thought it through because i and i think i said this last week i have to think stuff through stuff has to make sense to me right And when I really started thinking about racism, after I kind of experienced it early on in my adulthood and and teenage years in certain work situations, honestly, and I started thinking about it, and I realized that racism really is very, very, it's a very stupid way to look at things. It just doesn't make any logical sense. And so I don't live that way. I don't treat people that way. I don't live that way. I don't think that way. But how I think is irrelevant. If you're going to call me a racist because you don't like my politics or what have you, fine, I couldn't give a crap because my life speaks for how non-racist I am. In other words, if I am a racist, I really suck at it. And uh, uh, that's what I think about that. (laughs) 210-599-5555. We'll take a break, and I want to talk about age differences in relationships. So hopefully Don Morgan can jump in on this one uh, when we get back, because there's there's, uh, some new TikTokers that, yeesh, I want to discuss.
6: Hey, this is David Van Camp, and you're listening to News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. Stay connected.
2: All right, we're back. It's Sean and Smartly the King Day. It's Monday. Phone lines are open at 210 Sorry, the caffeine's getting to me. I don't know if Chris, you're there. Don Morgan, I don't know if he's there, but I, I mentioned this. I, I, I'm. This is a story that's been around for, a, I guess, a few weeks or whatever, but it's just kind of hit the news lately where you have these TikTokers kieran mccain and his wife cheryl mcgregor they're from freaking georgia and they're they're famous people now because they're married he's 24 and she's 61
3: you're, you're bothered by this
2: have you seen the pictures i have Ugh. first off i don't know that i'd buy that she's only 61 because she looks like the shower chick in The Shining. She looks like the shower chick in The Shining, man. She's not, and I know I'm being a total, you know, because my basic premise is that I think this is a put-on. Because they do videos where they're dancing together and they're tongue-kissing. They apparently met when they were working together at Dairy Queen.
5: And it was Dairy Queen number 237. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and just,
3: he for
5: was,
2: there, just for clarification <laughs> I'll take the number four please and uh, and he was 15 and she was whatever the hell you know she was then so nine years ago nine years ago so she was 61 and not take away nine how old was she then? 52 she was 52 she was a couple years younger than me uh, but you look at the pictures and dude she ain't who i i'm just saying i'm not believing that they're at because they want to have a kid they can't have she's got 17 grandchildren all right and both she has two daughters are both infertile and so they're going to try to adopt a kid now you know i i'm just saying that and again call me a misogynist pig but she ain't a good looking 61 man I'm, I'm subject I mean I, I'm not either I'm 54 I'm not a good looking 54 you know what I mean I'm just saying I'm not believing that this young 23 year old dude who is reasonably good looking he's got nipple rings uh that he is uh somehow I I just I, I am not buying that they are like really a couple because she ooh yeesh she looks like one of those after pictures and like a like for a meth head you know when they show them like when they're young and beautiful right And then six months later they look like nine miles of hard asphalt that's kind of what <laughs> she looks like she ain't a pretty 61 man right I, so you're
3: God, you're basing you're you're basing the attraction sh- sh- just on her looks alone yes they, i am well you know maybe
2: absolutely she, i am
3: yeah you know, maybe she's a lot of fun
2: my grandmother was a lot of fun too but she wasn't you know hot looking <laughs> i'm just saying well you know if that guy had been around back
3: then maybe maybe so
2: i i just i'm not buying that he's attracted to her man i'm just not i'm not uh, they say their sex life is great and i want to puke i it's just something's not there it's a put on
3: right it can't be no she's not she's not wealthy because she was working at dairy queen
2: they're making money off the tiktok thing right
5: he's trying to figure out why she swallowed the fly
2: Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> you stupid ass. I don't know why. She swallowed a fly.
5: I guess I'll work it, Dairy Queen. <laughs>
2: what if he ever rolls over in bed and accidentally grabs the glass with her teeth in it? You know, and takes a sip. Uh, that's so gross. Well, I'm just saying, you know, I, I'm I'm just saying this TikTok thing and people get they, they all they care about is fame. Swallow the fly. <laughs> uh, God, I guess I'll die. I'm just... I'm just. You ever watch 90 Day Fiance? You ever? Watch... I mean, I went through a period of time where, for some bizarre reason, my family unit—we were all binge watching 90 Day Fiance—and you see these, like, you see like this 20-year-old Kenyan who is just this young, beautiful dude, and he's hooked up with some fat chick from Alabama that works in a bowling alley who's like in her mid-50s, you know, and has hairy warts on her face, you know, has like a mole on her face with a hair coming out of it, and you're going to sit there and tell me that he's really attracted to her and he's not just trying to get into this country somehow? I'm just saying there comes a point where you have to call BS, and I don't think they're a real couple.
5: I think he's looking forward to working the widower angle.
2: Well, (laughs) yeah, there you go. (laughs) The widower angle. Because oh, she's just not uh, a good-looking 61.
5: Rawhide. <laughs> Rawhide. Rawhide. Rawhide.
2: <laughs> oh. He's got a thing for leather. <laughs> oh, no. Because that's what his skin looks like. His skin looks like leather. I'm, I'm a fan of hand-tooled leather. You know oh, what I mean? Lord. All right. Here comes the wife. All right. I, I'll talk to you guys in a minute. <laughs>
1: Democrats whine too much, Chuck. (laughs) Just quit being a whiny party. Sean Reimer, 9 till 11, News Talk 550, KTSA and FM 1071. Uh, We're back, hour number
2: two on a Monday, Martin Luther King Day, James Carville. God, his accent annoys me. Chris, he says party, it sounds like potty. Like he's going potty. Uh, phone lines are open, 210-599-5555, 210-599-5555. Watch your mouth, because my wife's awake, she's right over there. Uh, you know, wow, this thing on Saturday at the synagogue in Colleyville, you know, first and foremost, holy crap, I'm glad nobody lost their lives lives except the bad guy. He had, uh, he's a Muslim guy, had, uh, British born Muslim guy, and he had uh, four people they held hostage there. Uh, I remember uh, later in the afternoon they let one go. Uh, details are still a little sketchy, but uh, ultimately let the others go, or they somehow managed to escape safely, and he was killed by authorities. And he was demanding the release of Afia Siddaki. Lady Al-Qaeda, who had been in jail since, I think, 2010 because of some threats or attempted uh, threats against Afghanistan's in 2008, I think. And she's his sister, he claimed. And, uh, you know, it was very strange. There was audio. They had a live stream going of the service there. And you could hear him screaming that he's he's going to die. and Very scary stuff. And, uh, you know, thankfully it ended well for the for the hostages um but you know it's 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 interesting because at first the fbi had made the statement that it wasn't specifically targeted against the jewish community now of course biden went off to say it's about guns but he's full of crap but initially the fbi had said well this is not directly linked or the Jewish community was not specifically targeted, they are saying uh, the exact opposite right now, that, oh, yeah, it was targeted. And what do you make of that? Um, because I, you know, I, I, and I'm not talking about field agents and sort of the, uh, the backbone of the FBI, which are the, the, the people out there in the field who are doing the actual investigations. Uh, But the leadership of the FBI has been pretty questionable since James Comey, Comey, right? I mean, the the leadership of the FBI, I believe, has been every bit as weaponized against political opposition as the Department of Justice. And prior to that, the IRS under Obama. And when you're uh, in league with the leftist pukes of this country... Uh, including but not excluding someone like Ilhan Omar, baby, you can't say uh, a damn thing against the Islamic faith. And time and time again, right, we've had these attacks, these terrorist attacks, where it took a couple days for the media to even acknowledge that there was an Islamic uh, take on it. And so the I, ha- I have to believe the FBI thing, the initial response that, it was not linked to the Jewish community. had there had to be a smidge of that involved because he's in a synagogue, man. It, it wasn't just a random he didn't just stumble into a synagogue like maybe he would have stumbled into a Walmart. Not I've never been to Colleyville, but Trey says uh, where this particular synagogue is, you know you have to pass all number of any number of, uh, of Christian churches. so if he just wanted to be in a place of faith. There's all, in other words, there's all kinds of places the dude could have gone in. So the idea that if you're specifically in a synagogue uh, and you're screaming about your terrorist Islamic sister, chances are, yeah, you specifically chose a synagogue to be there because this may come as a shocker to you, some of you out there, but Islamic terrorists really hate Jewish people. like they really hate you. Jew- they hate Christian people and they hate everybody else, like gay people and stuff, but they really really hate Jewish people. Despite what someone like Ilhan Omar, who I suspect also hates Jewish people, uh, would have to say about any of this stuff. So, in other words, it's just another example of of you know, this the same political correctness that really surrounded a guy like Nidal Hassan back in t- 2009 or 2010 when I first moved out here. And Nidal Hassan was a guy at Fort Hood who was surrounded by mental health professionals because he himself was a mental health professional of some regard. And the guy was given, if I remember correctly, he was actually giving speeches and seminars on his hatred of the West. And on his radical uh, Islamic beliefs. And yet, in other words, the guy was a walking red flag, and no one said anything about it or, uh, you know, looked into that guy in any way, shape, or form leading up to the attacks because he was a Muslim and we don't want to be uh, labeled as Islamic Islamophobic and, you know, uh, we can't factor that in and blah, blah, stinking blah. And look what happened. So, I, I think we still have some of that nonsense going on. And uh, uh, if you want to know, in my opinion, and this is certainly not with a lot of folks a, a popular opinion, you know, who is largely responsible for Islamophobia uh, in America, you know who it is? Other Muslims. Muslims who try to kill people, who take people hostage, and blow people up are largely responsible for Islamophobia to what ex- to whatever extent it exists in America, in my opinion. In other words, people in America don't dislike fundamentalist Muslims just in a vacuum because they just don't like them. <laughs> you want to see it doing away with uh, Islamophobia in America, well then Muslims should convince other Muslims to stop killing people. But in a sense... And you certainly see this now with somebody like Ilhan Omar. In America since 9-11, and this is another one of those opinions that some people don't like, but I don't care. Uh, Since 9-11, and correct me if I'm wrong, there really has never been a singular united voice out of the Muslim community in this country denouncing Islamic terrorism. Because if there was, I missed it. Okay? I must have been off that day. I, I, I don't remember it. Because as a Jesus freak, as a Christian, okay, if you ask me about Christian born violence, I denounce it. People who engage in violence, whether it's racial or what have you, or against gays or, or whomever, and they do it based upon their Christian faith, do I denounce them? Absolutely, I denounce them. That doesn't represent Christianity. And you know, if if Christians were committing large, you know, scale uh, terrorist attacks around the globe, baby, I'd be the first in line denouncing that crap. But have you ever heard a singular loud voice or measurable voice from the Islamic community in this country about Islamic terrorism, denouncing it? No, you haven't. And if you have, call me up and tell me when that happened because I missed it. Uh, so, what do you think about them? Apples two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. Also, Maxine Waters and her deep intelligence says Joe Manchin and uh, Kirsten Cinema in their opposition to doing away with the filibuster don't care about black people. They just don't care about black people at all. Because just like Joe Biden said in Atlanta uh, a little over a week ago or however long ago it was. If you don't agree with everything the president and the Democrats want to do, you know why. It's because you don't like black people. You don't like black people. You don't care about them. You know, you might as well be manning the wheel of a slave ship. And I get a little tired of that as well uh you know uh, uh, that uh, because you know what and i've said this before and you can call me up and and, and give me your thoughts if you if we're back on racism and talking about racism and you got a republican or a conservative and a liberal in the room who is these days who is more than likely to be the racist i'm sorry it's the liberal puke i'm not sorry it's true because at the heart of their entire freaking agenda is a is a racist notion The liberal idiots, and if you're a liberal idiot and you're listening and this is pissing you off, will you call me up and tell me why? Inherent to your agenda is racism. Uh, If you can tell me why uh, getting rid of the filibuster in the Senate is an act of racism against black people, I'd love to hear it. If you can tell me why expecting black people to have a photo ID to vote Uh, or to be able to vote uh, in the times listed for voting. If you could explain to me how that's not racist, I'd love to hear it. Chris, we never get any freaking calls on that, do we? Rarely. But everybody's so stinking sure it's racist. How many morons do you encounter on a daily basis who are just utterly, absolutely convinced that uh, state-run elections are an act of racism against black people, and they believe it freaking absolutely. They believe it absolutely, and yet they cannot explain why. Let's go to Matt on line one. Matt, how are you doing?
6: Well, that's the thing, though, see. It, well, first of all, thank you for taking my phone call. Sure. But that's the thing is, you know, we really cannot have this racist subject actually be talked about because, A, facts are racist, <laughs> and they are. You right. look around at your community, and I'm going to be serious. I mean, I, I really do root for the black community, and I really do. And if you look what happened to the black community over the last, you know, 50 years, I'm sorry. Again, here's what our racist, but they've destroyed themselves in a way. They haven't done anything better for their community. They sell drugs. They don't clean up their neighborhoods. They tear them down to pieces. I mean, it's not our fault. I mean, what can we do? Uh, well, you know, I, I, I I would agree with you now? in a sense.
1: I would agree with
2: you in a sense that 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 a lot of folks in that community for several generations have just sort of gone Democrat, whether their policies hurt their community or, or didn't. Um, there was a backlash, and you you know before we found out what a creep Bill Cosby is, but Bill Cosby was one of those guys who was saying, "Hey, look, you know, if you want to improve life." Well, if you have a kid, be a dad to that kid. Let's get back to the family unit. Let's get back to family. Let's get back to caring about our neighborhoods and, and well, not we, getting. We need a. But, but he was. But, but he was totally. You know, they hated his guts for saying that stuff. And, and I think well, right now um, the CRT, I, CRT stuff is absolutely harmful to the black community.
6: Else? Absolutely, it's really awesome it is. Black. It's harmful to everybody, actually. Because what yeah. that's doing is that's reiterating this whole racism that wasn't there till our own government and media made it back. Again. I agree, absolutely, man.
2: Hey, I appreciate the call, man. Thank you so much. Two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. We'll take a break. It's Sean on News Talk five fifty KTSA. <laughs>
1: San Antonio's news, traffic, and weather station. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071.
2: And we're back. We're back. I'm Sean. This is my dumb little show, and the phone lines are open. 210-599-5555. 210 599 hey, hey. So, Chris and Don, I was telling uh, Trey that, uh, you know, my... Uh, my my phone took a dump man my phone just doesn't work it stopped working uh, i don't know about a week and a half ago and my wife uh, you know because she's wonderful and she's the best wife ever and she's perfect and she's right over there she um she uh, got me a new phone uh, she was able to get me a new phone and a couple things first off i you know i really wanted to kind of break my addiction to facebook down a little and so I don't I didn't I don't have Facebook on my phone. Like I can't just hop on I have to be on my laptop. I can't I don't have the app on my phone. Uh and I don't do any other social media. Facebook is all Facebook is all I do. And so I don't have the app on my phone. I, I can't even cuz I don't remember my password. I can't go on the little Google thingy on my phone and bring it up, you know. So I just don't have it on my phone. And this has been true now for about a week and a half. And I'm, I'm really happy with it. I, I mean, I still go on Facebook. Like, I'm on it during the day when I'm on, or in the morning when I'm on the air. And then usually when I'm horsing around later on in the afternoon on my computer, I'll, I'll do some Facebooking. But that's it. You know, like, I'm not, I'm not just sitting staring at it constantly. And I, I, I feel somewhat liberated. I, you know, it's kind of cool.
5: So you're saying ignorance is bliss.
2: I'm saying you don't have to freaking stare at Facebook twenty four hours a day. It it it's a time sucker. It eats your life, man. And so I, I'm, I, I'm 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 i kinda i of kinda pleased with the decision to keep it off my phone. But I discovered something else about my phone and I brought this up on Wear and Rima and, and this is because my wife who is a perfect wife who is just flawless and she's right over there. She got me a she got me a, a, a this phone because I still like to do the odd selfie on Facebook. You know, I'm kind of doing a daily selfie when I'm doing the, the show. And you know how, like, uh, phones have to, you know, you take a selfie and everything's backwards? Like if you got Reverend Sean on your hat and you take a selfie and it comes out backwards and you have to go into the edit function and f- and physically flip the, the image so it, it everything's the right going the right way? And then, you know what I mean? Then you got to save it. You know, do, you, do you know, Don and Chris, that my phone does that automatically? My phone is so stinking fax, uh, uh, fancy, it does that automatically. Welcome like to when the I club. Take a, when I take a selfie, it just does it all on its own. It just flips the image all on its own. I don't have to do it because my my, my phone is fancy. Do you guys have fancy phones like that? My phone is fancy. Yes. It reverses the image by itself.
5: I said, "Welcome to the club." Yes, I have.
2: You both have that function already. Yeah. Do you have to turn it on? Do you have to turn on that function? Do you have to turn it on?
3: Um, Do you have to engage the function? I don't know. I've never tried to use
2: it. <laughs> I, see, I'm saying I, mine see, does it all by itself. It I don't it, remember the last a fancy time. Phone.
3: I don't remember the last time I took a selfie yeah, on purpose. Well. <laughs> I bet you. I'm just saying. I took one I this morning you, when I was trying to. I was messing with the phone to do to take something else, and I, you know, there was a great picture of you know like the the left side of my nose, which is
2: wonderful. Yeah, but did you have to flip it, or did it do it automatically? I did. And if I it did it automatically, did you have to do it? Did, did you have a function you have turned on? All I'm saying is my phone is so stinking fancy, it just does it by itself. It just flips. It reverses the image. Well, hold on. Let me itself. get. Let
3: me get this straight. You figured by out itself. that feature. But you don't know how to change the ringtones.
2: It doesn't have a feature. What? Oh. (laughs) Well, my wife showed me. My wife, who is absolutely a perfect human being, and she's right right over there. She showed me the function on how to turn off the... But I just like hearing it, so I left it on. Oh, okay. I I could turn it off if I wanted to, Mr. Man. If I wanted to, but Mm -hmm. I don't want to. Right. Okay, I'm just saying my phone... It's like it's like a Cadillac Eldorado. It's a luxury phone. Okay, it's a luxury phone. It reverses the image by itself. It reverses the selfie by itself. I don't have to do anything because it's a luxury phone. How's that make you feel?
3: Well, I'm ha- I'm happy for you, Sean. Congratulations.
2: <laughs> a whole new
3: world. You know, we could have a parade in your honor. I guess you know. But- Today's already spoken. A, Today's see, already spoken like, for, so we may have to do it tomorrow.
2: Well, I'm just saying, if I took a picture of my butt, the right cheek would be on the right side. That's all. It's, I wouldn't have to do anything. day. No, don't, to alter don't it. do that, please. It's I actually can.
5: fortunate that you cannot log in to Facebook on your phone. Why? Well, who knows what you'd be posting now at this point?
2: <laughs> Maybe a picture of my butt, where you can see the right cheek on the right side instead of the right cheek on the left side, like when I sent pictures to my wife. But that's another yeah, story. Because people She's were right saying, hey,
5: that tattoo is backwards.
2: <laughs> 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 no, they weren't. <laughs> no, they weren't. <laughs> Nobody cares about my tattoos.
5: The one on your butt.
2: I don't have a tattoo on my butt. Hey, there's an idea. You know, years ago, my brother was going to get a, uh, a, a tattoo. It was a joke. He used to tell he was going to get a tattoo of Elmer Fudd on his butt cheek with a gun saying come out of there you waskily wabbit maybe (laughs) I'll get that one. (laughs) but enough about my colon let's take a break 210-599-5555 it's Sean on News Talk 550 KTSA and we're back News Talk 550 KTSA it's Sean on a Monday Martin Luther King Day be excellent to one another you go through your day uh i got folks hanging out on the phone here's james on line one james how you doing
0: i'm doing all right how you doing
2: another day in paradise man another day in paradise what do you think? Right thinking? on right
0: on i agree <laughs> i just wanted to agree i just wanted to agree with one of the the last call up where he was talking about the uh black community tears down that they tear down their uh, uh neighborhoods and mm. you know they're just derelict type people well one of the reasons is uh, black boy, black girl, boy and girl, or the noun black is an adjective. So it's very disrespectful to put that fake narrative to the rest of the world saying that, you know, we're fake people. Black is an inanimate object. I got on a pair of black pants now, mm-hmm. black car, black tires. So all of that's inanimate. So as long as we keep trying to push that fake narrative on the world, we're not going to get anywhere. That's disrespectful.
2: Well, I agree. I I, I think that uh, you know, black, white. You know, I think a lot of that stuff is is is. It doesn't make a lot of sense, and is is kind of heading us in
0: the wrong direction. Well, white you know is a mean? status. White is a status, like BMW, Mercedes, Benz. There's no white people. You only have white status. Uh, you have a nationality. Everybody has a nationality. So if we keep pushing this fake narrative about white and black. Which is inanimate uh, inanimate objects and status. If you look on any African's uh, passport, it will say "white man." It's a status.
2: Well, I agree. I mean, to a certain degree, I think I kind of get what you're saying, and that it's uh, it's not really a true ethnicity or community. It's it's a couple of words that we've attached to people that really, in, in in reality and biologically, certainly don't make any sense. Because you're right, white and black are treated. You're right, white and black are treated like a status. You're absolutely well, right. That makes perfect
0: sense. Black, black is the lowest status. White is the highest status. Now, if you check the uh, 1724 Dutch Masters Black Christian Codes, that's where you get that from.
2: Well, don't you think we need to get away from it?
0: <laughs> uh, yes, yes. Uh, that's the that's the problem. See, no no one has been taught proper history. So now right. we go back into the history and look at. The uh, Dutch Masters uh, Black Christian Code of 1724. That's when they started putting labels saying that you're Indian, right. Black, Negro, Colored. See, all of that is uh, misnomer. It's all fake. So I agree. You have to respect. we have to respect uh, everybody's nationality. Everybody has a nationality, and that's right. the problem.
2: I agree. You know, I mean, technically, I'm Norwegian, Irish, something, but it has nothing to do well, with who mm-hmm. I am. But I mean, i But I'm, no. But yeah, right. Status-wise, I'm white status-wise,
0: I'm white. Right. But you yeah. are your father's seed. You are your father's seed. So whatever your nationality of your father, that's what you are.
2: Right. Right. I
0: agree, man. That, I agree. And if we can well, get I, that, right. if we can get people to understand it and start tapping into that energy, we'll have a better world and we'll respect one another. And we won't have all these problems and miss tra- all this tragedy and lying, cheating, stealing and and you know all this stuff that we do I, on the dark side right. the energy the dark energy well
2: yeah i agree because really I mean now we're in the
0: uh, age of aquarius we're in the energy of light the age of Aquarius is about knowing stuff see i don't believe i'm talking to you i know i'm talking to you cell phones right. laptops uh tablets desktop computers that's where we're at now we're in a different right. age and time just in the way we
2: communicate with each other absolutely And really, when you strip away all that surface level crap and those these ideas of status, what you find out is a very, in my opinion, a very simple idea that we're all human beings. We're all related. We're all part of the same family. You know what I mean? I'm not a freaking armadillo. You know what I mean? I'm I'm a human (laughs) being. You're a human
0: being and you trace us all back and we're all we all spring from the same source. Exactly. So the problem is. um, I forgot the thought. Go ahead.
2: Oh no, no. I I think we're on the same page here. I think we're we're describing the exact same thing. In that it's these these status what? labels that we attach to each other that are the obstacle in the road to to really exactly. getting beyond all this stuff.
0: Well, see, it was it was it was it was by design to uh, keep the masses ignorant. So now we're right. in the Aquarian light. And it's time for people to wake up. So that's why, you know, the, a lot of these institutions are collapsing. That's why you see the ships out there in the, in the harbor. Now, some of those right. ships don't have nothing on it, but a lot of those ships do. So, people around the world don't want to buy the bonds no more from the United States Corporation because the United States is a corporation, not a country. Right. Uh, America is the land. <laughs> yeah. So that's it's a land and it's a having. home,
2: right? I I agree, man. I agree. I got to run. But man, thank you so much for the call. Call me again. Yes, sir. Bye bye. Bye bye. He's right. He's absolutely freaking right. Um, And and you can't even say it's like if you if you start saying, you know, it's now considered an act of racism. If you say all lives matter. Right. You can't even say that crap. Right. Because that, that's, oh, that's diminishing the importance of the suffering of the black community. But ultimately, and it's, God, it's such a simple idea, and you want to talk about Jesus and Christianity, and I, uh, you know, I, I, I this is going to hurt some feelings too, but I think the the majority of the people who are doing the most damage against Christianity are other Christians. It, it, at the heart of Christianity is a very simple idea, which Christians tend to convolute, complicate, and screw up. And really, at the, at the end of the day, what's at the heart of Christianity is that we are all family. We're all neighbors. And the... Uh, definition of neighborliness born out of antiquity which was more than just sort of where you live and who's living next to you okay N- the idea of neighborliness is at the heart of, of the teachings of Jesus and really w- at the heart of that idea of being a good neighbor is that being it's it's being a good human being and it's such a simple idea that most people discount it. But all human beings, no matter where what you look like, right, what part of the land mass of planet Earth you you, your family line sprouted from, what your culture is, the color of your skin, you know, shape of your freaking nose, you know, what your elbows look like, any of that crap. You strip away all that crap and we are the same species, which means what? We're all members of the same family. The human race is one family. You trace us all back far enough and we're all related. We we are again, I'm not a freaking armadillo. You're not a rhinoceros. Right? We are of one species. And some people of faith get bent out of joint by looking at it that way as well because to, to relate us in any way, shape, or form to being animals uh, is then we're not special and God didn't make us special and uh, we're special uh, this and we're special that. But really, uh, you know, I believe God created us. It, it kind of goes into notions of evolution versus creationism, which I never understood the, the problem there because I, I believe God created us through evolution. Which means we started off, in a sense, as animals, and we are a specific uh, species and genius, genus genus uh, of, of, uh, of 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 uh, a life form on planet Earth, called, which we call human beings. We are all members of the same family. Our bodies work the same. Uh, we we all need air, water, food, something over our heads, you know. Safety from the elements. We we all require the same basic stuff, and our brains operate in basically the same way, and there's no other critter on earth that is like a human being any more than there's any uh, 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 other critter on the earth that is like a blue whale. We are members of the same family. And when you start getting into golden rule stuff, and you want to extend that into the teachings of Christ, or even the teachings of Buddha, Uh, or any other number of of great uh, voices and prophets, including Martin Luther King, you have to come back to that idea that we are all members of the same family. And, furthermore, moreover, despite our big, complex-thinking, wrinkly brains and our opposable thumbs, we are also the only species on planet Earth that kills our own for sport or for revenge, or for some other reason. If we truly embrace the idea that we're all members of a a single family, then yeah, uh, the dude that just called is right. A lot of our issues on planet Earth would, in short order, go away. And that's why I called Jesus a a pragmatist. He he was. His philosophy was very pragmatic. It wasn't mystical. It wasn't overly spiritual, although it was spiritual in a sense of, of connectedness and empathy. But if we all lived that way, where we treated each other as we want to be treated, and we all saw each other as a, a, a work or a creation of the divine of God, well, no, we wouldn't do things. We wouldn't do bad stuff to each other. You know, it's really that freaking simple. And I think the message of Martin Luther King was that freaking simple. But unfortunately, it just doesn't fit these days with all this complicated crapola in politics. Anyway, two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five two one zero. 599 uh, 5555. It's Sean on News Talk 550 KTSA.
1: San Antonio's News Traffic and Weather Station. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. And we're back.
2: Final few moments of the show. The Market Event Kevin Robbins coming up next. I'm Sean. And this is my show. The phone lines are open 210 599 5555. Whatever's on your brain. And uh, I saw the new Spider-Man movie uh, yesterday, and I'm not going to do any spoilers if you haven't seen it. Although, at this point, I've noticed they're all over the net. My wife's nodding her head. They're all over the place now. So if you haven't seen Spider-Man No Way Home and you want to be surprised, you know, stay offline (laughs) until you see it.
3: So did you like the movie?
2: I loved it. Did you see it yet? uh twice actually twice oh, i, I you went know, to see
3: it with my wife and then my my daughter wanted to go and um so i went with her
2: oh i you know and i uh same thing with me i was in the hospital when it came out we had originally bought tickets to see it on opening weekend and i told the family unit to go see it anyway and then we'll see it when i got out so yesterday we went and saw it and i had successfully avoided all the spoilers mm-hmm. and it was a, and I'm, I, and I said this. It, 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 it's not just a great MCU movie, as far as the latest addition to this whole Marvel franchise. It's probably one of the best superhero movies of all time. Uh, and you know, I'm, I, I loved it because I'm a Spider-Man fan. I've been my whole life. I, I subscribed to the comic books until I was about 22, <laughs> from the age of 11 till 22. I still have them in a I still have them all. Uh, I've given a few to my daughter, but I have all my old Spider-Man comic books. And it just—it really was a phenomenal movie. It really was well done. Uh, there's so many aspects of it I can't talk about, obviously, because you know it would spoil it for those who who still have yet to see it. But what I like about—and the, there's one thing about this that I like about the Marvel movies—and you really don't find this in the DC movies. Uh, and certainly not in the comic books, is that the humor, the level of humor and just the little asides all of these characters give each other is one of my favorite aspects. And Robert Downey Jr. certainly uh, brought that to play in in the Iron Man movies and the Avengers movies and all his his chapter in this whole thing. But that was always true of the Marvel comics, too, and that there seemed to be a level of humor that you didn't find in other comic books like Doctor, this is not a spoiler, but like Doctor Strange coming out, and he's wearing the cape and sweats. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's just funny. You know, I mean, it's just it's, right. it's funny because yeah, I, I they guess, don't take themselves too seriously,
3: right? And I guess that's what I liked about it. Is a couple of things was, it did you know? Oftentimes you go see these movies, and the heroes involved. It, it's almost like the, the stereotypical superheroes you would read about when you were a kid. And, right. and yet here you get, you have this movie where it just allows the characters to be absolute dorks, which was a lot, yeah. of, it was fun to watch.
2: It was fun. And, yeah. and,
3: and there were, there were some great action sequences, but they were just enough. You know, cause sometimes yeah, you it, see these things and they go on forever. You know, it's and, exhausting. Yeah, it is. And it's like 10 minutes of, of, of CGI. <laughs> it's right. Like, you can't keep track of what's going on. But this one, it was just enough.
2: It it let the story play out, which right. I liked about yeah. it. Because, like, the last one I saw was the uh, Carnage movie or, or Venom or whatever. And that movie exhausted the crap out of me. Because that movie was unrelentingly CGI explosions and crap. And it's just, by the end of that movie, I was tired. Mm-hmm. This movie was a nice balance of storyline and uh, and and the action sequences that it was damn near a 3 hour movie i think but it it moved very quickly uh and and the the with, again without going into details the relationships between the characters i thought was actually the best part of it uh was just how the characters played off each other and got to know each other right and uh just very well done even I, even the
3: villains got to be well even the villains got to be dorks well, the at to right. time, too so.
2: they did yeah. man i thought that was brilliant right and, you know, again, this is not a spoiler, but uh, uh, a buddy of mine uh, that I went to high school with, he's also a big comic book fan, I he had uh, sent me a text asking if I'd seen it. And I said, no, he says, well, without any spoilers, Spider-Man grows up, is basically what he said. And that's absolutely true in this movie. Mm-hmm. And it's a nice evolution of Tom Holland's character, uh, his version of Spider-Man in this flick. So. We're totally dorking out here, but it was a good movie. Big thumbs up. So (laughs) That's all I got today. Uh, Thank you, Chris. Thanks to Elaine Rodriguez, our executive producer, Mr. Don Morgan, and my good brother, Trey Ware. Spread the love. Don't be a jerk. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Bye.